Welcome back, friends. Lost Scarf here, and it's time for Kirby's Dreamcast. In this podcast, we talk about everything Kirby. We're also the only Kirby podcast. So you want to learn about the games, you want to learn about the anime, the mangas, all that stuff. We're going to cover it eventually. This podcast is going to be happening for years and years and years. We've already been doing it for three years. We're going to keep doing it going forward. Today, we're going to talk about Kirby and the Forgotten Land after completing it 100%. So it's going to be a very spoiler episode. So if you have not played the game yet, probably don't check out this episode just yet until you've played it. Unless you're watching an LP, which we are making an LP of it as well, on Lost Scarf on YouTube. You can check that one out if you want. But if you just haven't gotten there yet, just don't listen to it yet. That's it. Because, spoiler warning right now, gonna talk about the endgame stuff. I wanna talk about everything. I really enjoyed the game, gonna talk about all of it. But a couple things before we get to that. If you're a fan of the anime episodes, there will be more of the YouTube version eventually, because we're stuck at, I think, episode 16 or 17. And we're up to episode 40, we're in the 40s for the sound side of things, for just the podcast-specific side. And the next episode on that is a two-parter, so that's going to be a bit to do, but that'll eventually come out, and then a couple more will come out this year. When it comes to other things, there will be a Forgotten Land review eventually, going over the good and the bad, criticism of the game, not much criticism, but there is some criticism, because this game is really, really good. It's definitely my top three. And if you're waiting for Kirby Superstar Part 5, that is coming up soon. That is getting worked on right now. And then Part 6 will be a bonus episode ranking all of these music. All of the soundtrack will be ranked as a bonus 6th episode. I'm thinking of doing for sure a 30th anniversary Kirby episode, but it might be a little bit later than the actual anniversary. And it depends on when they do the jazz, because I, I think I want to just talk about the jazz thing and the 30th anniversary in general, all that stuff. By the way, if you're looking for 30th anniversary stuff... There's already a bunch of stuff already coming out, so you should check that out on, like, ITQuji or some importer places. See if you want to buy any of that, because I definitely want to buy a bunch of the 30th Anniversary Kirby stuff. So let's talk about Kirby and the Forgotten Land. I'm going to go first impressions first, and then just go over everything. Because I want to talk about the powers, I want to talk about the mouthful modes, the stages, the bosses, Bottle D-Town, the post-game stuff, especially that stuff. Oh, I, I want to talk about that. And if you want to talk back at me about anything, you can tweet me at Kirby Dreamcast on Twitter or on the YouTube version of this episode. You can talk back at me on there, too. I'll respond to that as well. This episode should be a lot of fun to talk about because I just want to gush about how awesome this game was. Kirby Forgotten Land. Let me double check how many episodes did we record for the LP. 29 episodes. That means about 28, 25 hours. That's how long the game took to 100%. That was with having to backtrack a few times for things. So this is a solid like 20-30 hour game depending on who you are. And that's pretty good. It was a really good experience. Like, I'm playing Elden Ring right now, and I've felt so much satisfaction from this compared to Elden Ring. I'm really enjoying Elden Ring. But Kirby and Forgotten Land? Oh my god, the satisfaction 100% in this game was amazing. I'm 100%ing Elden Ring, and that just feels like a slog. Kirby never felt like a slog, and that is awesome. So I can't wait to say that again in the review, that this was just really satisfying to play. So let's get going on this. Uh, first impressions, oh my god. From playing the demo and then playing this one, when you do a rival point, it's all the same, very similar, very fun. And then after mouthful mode with the car, then you get to the anime opener. Everyone's calling it that, and that really is what it is. And I teared up. It was a great surprise. If you played the demo and then you weren't seeing, you didn't see it coming. That's the best way to put it. If you play the demo, it sets you up for a surprise. And that was great, because the radio was on, like, huh, what's this? This wasn't in the demo. Then Kirby starts bopping to the music, and it was just beautiful. It was wonderful. I teared up. It was great. I loved it so much. That was such a good opener. 
So you're at arrival point. Very cute. The game is very cute. The cute opener that happened before the anime opener. When Kirby's just at home, he's got the surprise eyes. And he gets sucked into the dimension of Portal. And everyone gets sucked in there. And there is a lore question here. It's like, time has to be different. Because later on, you'll have things where like, everyone was there. Because Kirby gets sucked in way later than everyone else. Even though it's only a couple seconds or minutes. And apparently a lot of time went by because it seems like days or even weeks went by before Kirby shows up for everyone else. That's what it seems like. Especially when it comes to a thing at the end. I gotta remember to mention this. Or I'll just mention it now is when everything happens at the end of the game and Elphalyn reopens the portal. Elphalyn, it was only a couple seconds for Kirby and Bandana D. But Elphalyn makes it sound like it was a couple days for him. That was very interesting for that exchange at the end there. I was like, what? Okay, that's something. That really makes me think things. So, that was me talking about the end at the start of this whole thing. You go from Rafa Point, you go to what I did not realize was gonna, was gonna be Waddle D Town. And then you save Elphalyn, and then you save some waddles. And the town just gets built up slowly, and you start out in, of course, Natural Plains. Now, here's the thing. I want to know... When did you realize they were spelling out New World? Because for me, it wasn't until Winter Horns. Because you start out Natural Plains, which is N, then you go to Everbay, which is E, and then you go to Wondaria, which is W. Then you go to uh, Winter Horns. I thought it was going to be an L, because I thought we were going to spell New Land. But no, it's W, which means, it took me a while to realize, New World. Because after uh, Winter Horns, it is Original, then Redgar, and then Lab Discoveria. And by the way, when we got the Lab Discovery, I thought there was going to be one more level. Like, sure, we beat the game here, and then there'll be another level called D. But no, Lab and Discovery were the L and D to spell New World. <laughs> I was like, oh, okay, that makes more sense. Okay. Very fun game, of course, as I'm hyping up here. So you start on, like, Natural Plains, you get a couple powers there, and it's pretty fun. And you, of course, rescue a bunch of Waddle Dees. The quests were an interesting idea. In previous games, it would be just find things. But now they're just telling specifically things you need to do or need to find. To get these Waddle Dees. And that was a very interesting idea. And some were just done really well. Like, I could not find things. Like, oh, okay, I just wasn't observant enough. And that's something I like is you just feel like you... As long as you're observant enough, you could find a lot of these or all of these. There are only like one or two times where I had to backtrack a lot more than I really feel like I should have. But it just feels rewarding. Like, you notice things because you're supposed to notice them. Like, just... Oh, there's this shadow over here. That's got to be something. Or there's an opening here. That's got to be something. And you were really rewarded for that, and I like that a lot. And all the, the dances with Waddle are cute. Now, speaking of Waddle of course, is Bandana D. I wish he had an AI. I really wish that, because he comes like, Hey, if you want to help her, I'll help you out. You just need a second player. I'm like, oh, thanks for making me feel lonely. I wish Waddle could be online player or something. Too bad he's not. Like, online or AI. Couldn't do either of those, and that sucks. Because you want Bandana Waddle with you. Come on. Not just Elfland, you want him with you too. So I always felt bad that he's like, hey, I want to help, but you need to not be a loner so I can help. I was like, ah, oh, come on. Come on now, Bandana D. It's cool that he gets stronger as you get more evolutions. That's a cool idea there. Because yeah, he only has his certain powers. So let's talk about the stages and anything I remember as I go, then uh, uh, there you go. Let's see Natural Plains, Downtown Grasslands, Through the Tunnel, Rocky Rolling Road. I tripped a, a Live Mall and the Brawl at the Mall. So Rocky Rolling Road definitely stands out in that it's... A freaking Crash Bandicoot stages where you're running at the screen. I was like, oh, that's pretty cool. We're going to see this maybe one or two more times. And we do. It was just cool to see that because, of course, 3D takes advantage of that. And that was fun to see that. And the game does a very good job of being, like, curated 3D where you're doing 3D, but it's not like it's open world 3D. So the camera angles are very good camera angles. And you really get to enjoy that a lot. 
And then you have, of course, the Brawl at the Mall, and that is fighting Gorimondo. Gorimondo's a good starting boss, I felt. Like, he's... Yes, he throws a bunch of stuff at you, you're in a big arena, and you learn about just certain weaknesses bosses have, where in this case it is Freeze. Freeze is a really good weakness for, like, all bosses, pretty much. You freeze him, he freaks out, and then he just goes down pretty easily, and that was fun right there. And Waddle Dee Town gets built up a bit after that. I think you get the movie theater and you get Kirby's house. I can't remember what else you get. I think you get the blacksmith at that point, and that was pretty cool. It's pretty cool to get all that stuff. And the power evolutions was a really cool concept to me. Because they did give you, like, a limited power set. So I'm wondering if they felt like certain powers just didn't translate well in 3D. So what if we just evolve a certain set of powers? That's what I wonder there. Or was that their idea first? And they just, like, which ones we want to spend time on? Which ones we want to cut? Did they decide we just wanted to have, like, a dozen and that's it? Or what was the idea? I'm really curious about that. But less is more can be a thing. And here, I think it works out pretty well. Though I do miss the big variety of powers Kirby can have. And the blacksmith is just pretty cute. Like, blacksmith Waddle D is great. I'm surprised Mr. Sandbag doesn't have a figurine, by the way. <laughs> like, you get the beat up on Mr. Sandbag. He doesn't have a figurine. Very surprised by that. And then you end up over at Everbay Coast. And Everbay was cool. Like, there's always a dedicated water place. And there was a lot of homages to older Kirby songs in the water stages. Let's see here. Abandoned Beach Concrete Isles. Scale the Cement Summit. Fast Flowing Waterway Works. Tropical Terror. So Fast Flowing Water Works was an interesting stage. Because that was, you can do all the whirlpools and all that stuff. That was pretty cool. And of course, you get the big mouth ring Kirby. And that was a fun idea with the boats and all that. I like that stage. It was just beautiful also. Just all these beach stages, very beautiful. I like that a lot. And there was, of course, a reference to Kirby uh, from Kirby's Dreamland when he's on the beach. There's a reference there. Oh, no, Kirby's Adventure, I mean. There's a reference there on one of the stages, which was cool. Then you end up at Wondaria Remains. For a lot of people, Wondaria Remains is their favorite stages. And I agree, because it's this, it's a theme park, and it's really cool. And you, of course, have, like, the Wondaria, which is the Hal Egg Dog. It's funny that they gave a name to it in this one. And you're dealing with, of course, like, roller coasters and parade cars and uh, the, the chicks and the, and the mother duck. Like, that was all pretty cool right there. It was Or mother goose. That was all cool. I enjoyed all that. It was very cute, very fun, and just a lot of, like, just parade references. Oh, forgot about the Evercoast. Wispy Woods. Tropic Woods. That was a funny idea. Just, just a funny idea for him. And I thought it was a pretty good boss fight. Might be my favorite Wispy Woods boss fight. Just because how cool it was. He's dropping big old coconuts on you. He puts like a screen for defense. He's spitting big wind blasts. Then his tendrils are coming out at you. That was really cool. I'm surprised he didn't drop, you know, capillars at Kirby as always. But he was throwing Gordos in the advanced version. We'll talk about that later. And it was a very fun fight. I like that fight. I'm surprised Krakow's not in this, by the way. Absolutely surprised. Wispy's here, but not Krakow. I can't believe they only kept one of the two mainstays. That was very surprising. Of course, you got DDD, though, so he's still coming back. Like, a lot of things... A lot of mainstays are here. I'm just surprised no Krakow. Really surprised by that. So back at Wondaria, you got Welcome to Wondaria, Circuit Speedway, Invasion of the House of Horrors, Wondaria Dream Parade, and Danger Under the Big Top. So Invasion of the House of Horrors was cool to do dark stuff and of course kind of jump scary things but just with the platforms happening there that was pretty cool and the wonderia dream parade again where you're running towards the camera and the parade stuff and you're destroying the parade using water balloon kirby that was all pretty fun i like that a lot and oh yeah the tracks the kirby tracks were fun where you're doing the car kirby but carby and you're doing those tracks as fast as you can that was pretty fun too and the roller coaster was fun as well i really enjoy malfo mode it's been a lot of fun with that so the next area is Winter Horns, your Northeast Frost Street, Metro on Ice, Windy Freezing Seas. 
I forgot to mention Clawline real quick. Clawline, the boss from Wondaria. Fun boss. I liked her a lot. She was a fun boss. I liked it. The knife throwing. You have to do a lot of dodging from her attacks. Very fun boss. And I like that you can punish her with gun. That was also fun to do too. The Winterhorns. Northeast, Frost Street, Metro on Ice, Windy Freezing Seas, The Battle on Br Blizzard Bridge, and Unexpected Beast King. Battle on Blizzard Bridge is the thing to talk about, of course, is because all the fights there was pretty cool, and of course all the mini-bosses, which I haven't mentioned before. Mr. Frosty got jacked. He was pretty cool to see him be all feral. You got Bonkers going a bit wild. Bonkers is alright. I didn't care too much about him. Wild Edge, though, I think was pretty fun. I like that he does a shield, and he's so weak in the back. Florina. She was a fun boss to fight. It was cool to see this Swan Lake boss, a ballerina, and she gives Wind Twister. That was cool. Kind of surprised we only had four, though. I think they were doing a lot of less is more kind of things with this game, and probably because they just had maybe only so much time to work on this, or they felt like they wanted to be tighter about it and not give you too much uh, to deal with. Maybe it's that. But Winter Horns, I think, is the one I backtracked the most. And the music to Winter Horns is very, like... Very majestic, and I like that a lot. Like, the music was very tropical, of course, in the beach areas. The first area, like, I like the theme songs of Kirby, and there's a lot of sense of, like, triumph and exploration in the first area. Wonderia, that was a fun, just very parade sounding theme parky sounds. I like that a lot. And then, of course, the boss is King Diddy. He's back. He's feral. He looks funny. And I think the theory's got to be just the portal. When it sucked him in, it just smushed him up, made him look weird again, because he's been redesigned how many times? Kirby got stretched out so we can do his uh, Malfo modes. King Diddy got smushed up to look like uh, Club Penguin. That's what happened there. <laughs> and that fight was cool. I like that fight. I like... He does traditional King Diddy stuff in the first half where he's running at you and tripping. He's doing his jumping attack. He's trying to hit his hammer at you. And then the second form, when he gets that pillar and does those big swings, that was pretty cool. And I like that you can dodge all that and punish him for it. And that was just a very fun fight. I really enjoyed it. Is it my favorite? It's one of my favorites. I, I know what my favorite is because of how hype it was, but that's one of my favorites. Original Wasteland, The Waste Where Life Begins, Searching the Oasis, Alive Mall, Staffside, Moonlight, Canyon, and Collector in the Sleepless Valley. Alive Mall, Staffside was the funnest one. I like how you, you're in the background, the music's muffled because of that. You're putting shapes in holes, that was pretty cool there. And it was just fun. It was a fun area. Didn't talk about Vending Machine Kirby, I like Vending Machine Kirby. It's pretty fun where you just machine gun everything. It's just a fun thing to do. You can also kind of turn his thing into a platform as well. His bending machine, as long as you don't destroy it. And... Yeah, it was just a fun area. The boss is probably my least favorite. That armadillo. The silly dillo is so silly. But his fight just goes long. But he was pretty fun to fight anyway. It just went the longest. And... Oh god. The fake... The fake Elphalin and the fake Kirbys were so creepy. Speaking of, of Elphalin, when he got taken by King Diddy, like, oh, now I can't enjoy anything. I didn't want to do anything in town until I get Elphalin back. That's how I felt about it. And speaking of town, uh, what else was in town? Okay, so there was the cafe. The cafe minigame was fun. There's eventually fishing. Fishing was very fun. I feel bad for the Waddle Dee who was in the leaderboard before you. You get the fishing, you look at the leaderboard, there's a Waddle Dee with a 300G fish, and he's so proud of himself. And then you roll in with Kirby and do a 10,000G and just demolish his record. And like, oh, I feel so bad now. That was a huge goldfish. That was pretty cool. That was a fun minigame. I enjoyed that. It's cool you can do a two-player with another person. That was fun. So then it's Redgar Forbidden Lands, Enter the Fire Forbidden Lands, Conquer the Inferno Road, Burning Churning Power Plant, Gathering the, of the Beast Council, the Beast Pack's Final Stand, In the Presence of the King. So Burning Churning Power Plant was interesting. We had to deal with all that factory stuff. 
And there was definitely influence from factory levels. There was a remix of one of the factory levels for sure. Oh, which one was it called? I can't remember what it's called right now. But that was a pretty cool remix. Gathering of the Beast Council might be my favorite stage altogether because it's just a boss rush mode, a short one. You take on Gorimondo again, you take on Silly Dillo again, you take on Clawlerline again. And it was fun fighting them again. I, I just like doing those and finding the secrets there and and then just trying to do the missions because it was don't take damage from Clawlerline and things like that. That was a fun level. Then the Beast Pack's final stand. I haven't talked about the animals. It's cool seeing a mix of Dreamland people and these new animals. That was pretty fun to see all that. And I wonder if we'll see them again or not. I'm very curious about that. Then you got the In Presence of the King, that boss fight. This boss fight was pretty fun. He's going like all wild boar mode, which was really silly and odd, but it was still fun. His fire attacks and running around at you. That was a fun time. That was a really fun boss fight for sure. And then right after that fight, you go into Lab Discovery. But before that was that cutscene with King Dedede. Where he's like, oh, I'm back to my senses. Thanks, Kirby. Thanks, my waddle guys. How's it going? And then he has to sacrifice himself. And like, what? <laughs> that was pretty good. That was a good moment. He's like, ah, oh, final stand of King Dedede. All right, let's go. That was a fun moment. And then Lab Discovery, I was like, huh? What's going on here? Why is we're doing a tour? What's going on here? And of course, and then we fight Leongar, which was a cool fight. It was not bad. I like that fight. Which leads to IDF 86, which I love the surprise. Everyone thought Elflin was going to be evil. No, Elflin's not evil. Elflin is the good half of something evil. That's what's going on here. I love that surprise because people are like, they're going to betray us. They're going to betray us. They don't betray us. They get taken from us forcefully and they become one with the evil thing. That was a great surprise. And then we have to deal with, of course, that scary wall of mass, which I don't remember what you call that thing. What do you what do you call that thing? It's Fecto Forgo, maybe? I guess we're going to go with Fecto Forgo. You deal with that wall and just coming at you. It's like it's really creepy and everything. You eventually beat that back. And then you fight Fecto Forgo in its final form. And that was such a cool fight. The music was hyped. That was really good. And of course, you got to talk about it. 18-wheeler! Oh my god! 18-wheeler Kirby was amazing! I knew full mouth mode was going to have to happen. I knew it was going to have to happen in this conclusion. I was not expecting you to go Optimus Prime and then have a beam struggle. That was awesome. That was over the top, and I loved every second of it. It was so good. The music was hype. It was so freaking good. Because, like, they're going to throw Popstar at us? That is insane! And then we did something crazy to deal with it. That was awesome. So good. And then, of course, we beat them. We beat them. And I said this at the start of this episode. Kirby separated. It's only Kirby and Bandana D back at home on Popstar. Everyone else is stuck in the Forgotten Land. I'm like, that's a bold move. Because Elflin says, uh, thanks for all the fun times, Kirby. And he starts crying. And then he closes the, gil the, the gate. And I was like, what? Bold move bold move <laughs> like that that it everyone's stuck over there that can't be it but if it is that's a bold choice right there because the director kumazaki said that for him the games don't follow a solid timeline i think he's just saying it so he's not tied down to the past where i think in my opinion you can just go down the timeline and be like this is all one linear line whatever because kirby star allies takes place after everything else because it has to but he doesn't want to be tied down by the past so he's like, yeah, we'll do whatever, and I don't want to be tied down by lore. But this is a huge decision right here if he did have everyone stuck back in the Forgotten Land and Kirby's just doing a new thing. Of course, he didn't go that far, because then Elflin shows up a couple seconds later and Kirby's all happy and everything. So now we have a new land connected to Popstar, 
And I'm curious if we're just going to forget about that in the next game or not. I'm very curious. Or will that come back? Because there's two ways to go about it. One way is every game is kind of a clean slate, but we know all these other things exist. Or you have to reference everything in the past. That doesn't necessarily have happened in the past. Like, there are references to other games in certain games. But the biggest one to reference everything, of course, was Star Allies. Star Allies was a love letter to the last, like, 27, 28 years at that point in time. And I love Star Allies for that. Star Allies is great as a love letter. People don't like it because the game's a bit bloated and this and that, but as a love letter, that's great. It's fine. That's the same complaint you have to make about Smash. Smash is definitely bloated with all the characters it has, but it's awesome for all the characters it has. From my viewpoint, of course. Some people probably don't like how bloated Smash is or how bloated Star Allies was, but it's what made it really good. It made bang for your buck with both those games. That's what I liked about them so much. There was just so much to do and so much to enjoy. And it really did a homage to the past. And I love homages to the past, especially things that I went through. Like, I've been around for all of Kirby, so enjoying all that. But yeah, just a oh, bold choice. And then they connect and everything. But we'll see. I hope Elflin shows up again. I hope there's more, not necessarily with the front land, but we remember that they exist. I hope there's more of that. But we'll see with the next game in a couple years. I'm sure some of the spin-offs will at least reference uh, Forgotten Land for sure. So post-game, let's talk about post-game. Leongar's Soul, and of course the uh, Coliseum. We'll talk about Coliseum after we do post-game. So post-game was an interesting idea of remixing all of the areas and combining them all into one big stage and just doing a big just Easter egg hunt for uh, Leongar's Souls. That was very interesting. And it was a pain in the butt finding some of these souls, but I like that Elflin does tell you when you found every piece. That was very important, because Elflin didn't tell you that, it would take an even longer to find these souls. Because you'd be going over every inch of every level. But since he tells you in every section, it helps. So that would have definitely been a complaint on the review side of things. But uh, the elf one helps out. I haven't talked about the treasure roads yet. I'll talk about that soon. So you do all these collectings and everything. You get to the final, final, final battle. And here we are. And here we are. And here we are. You realize why that's there, right? IDF 86 has been stuck in that room hearing that tour for who knows how long. So that's why you hear that over and over again. Because we're in IDF-86's mind. We're in their soul as they're trying to steal Leongar. <laughs> they're trying to take his body and use him instead since they don't have Elflin anymore because Elflin broke free. Well, Kirby sucked him out. And then it happened. The thing I was hoping for, but I wasn't expecting it here. Morpho Knight. Morpho Knight is my Galactonite, which is funny. Some people are like, Galactonite is the awesomest thing ever. Morpho Knight, for me, is the awesomest thing ever. I love Morpho Knight so much. I love that Morpho Knight came in in Star Allies and just took Galactonite and became Morpho Knight. And here, they come in here, grab Leongar, possess Leongar and IDF-86, because I can't remember their actual name right now, uh, I guess Alphilis, and became Morpho Knight. So we learn from the figurine that Morpho Knight needs strong souls to manifest itself in judgment. That's why it grabbed Galactonite. That's why here it grabs... Elphilus. And it was just a hype fight. So hype. And then you get his sword, you get his weapon. That was extra hype. Oh my god, I love that so much. But that fight was awesome. And I had very little life when I had that fight, so it was even more tense and I enjoyed that fight a lot. By the way, what was the first power that you full evolved? Because I fully evolved uh, the gun first. To plus star? And I had a lot of fun with that. It, it made life a little bit easier. And then I fully evolved Morpho's sword and that was just it from there. Here's the thing I like. Morpho Knight is now canon. I don't think Galactonite has been officially canon yet, in a way. Double checking, I don't know. 
Has Kirby ever fought Galactonite? I'm pretty sure he hasn't, but he's fought Morphonite now in canon. Because it's always Meta Knight versus Galactonite in the side non-canon mission, which we might try to just weave into the canon anyway in our own version of it, but I don't think Kirby's ever met Galactonite. And Kirby didn't meet Morphonite in Star Allies either. Everyone else but Kirby, because it was guest star mode where you get to fight Morphonite. Kirby got to fight Morphonite, making him canon. That is insane! That is insane! The reason why Galactonite is kind of canon is because we know he's one of the four heroes that uh, held down uh, Void. We know that. So he's, of course, actually canon. It's just that Kirby's never met him. Which is so weird, right? Do feel bad for the Galactonite fans because Galactonite didn't show up at all. That's unfortunate. But Morphonite showed up, so I'm happy. So, after Morphonite, of course, is... No, Morphonite was the end of that. Yeah. Then you get to fight the actual one in the arena. So, illusionary boss we'll talk about with the arena. So, the first one was Meta Knight's arena. It was fun fight Meta Knight. The first time I fought Meta Knight, I broke... I took his sword from him. It was awesome doing that. It's like, I got your sword. And then he whips out his sword from Adventure, and that was pretty cool, too. Then the second one was just doing the boss fights, fighting the regular boss. But then the third one, after you save Leongar... By the way, I thought he was dead. I thought there was another bold choice happening. It was like, oh, snap, he's actually dead. And then they bring his soul, like, oh, okay, he's not dead. Okay, I thought he died. Well, I guess he did, and they resurrected him, actually. They Aslanned him, didn't they? Very surprised by that. And then in the credits, they show Kirby going into the arena, letting you know there's one more Coliseum to go. Because of course there is, because you got to fight all the illusionary bosses. All the soul bosses that you fight when you're getting Leongar's soul. Real quick, the tilt and tumble Kirby uh, game. Pretty fun, I enjoyed that a lot. Bit hectic. Same though with the cafe game, I really enjoyed it. Bit hectic. Didn't mention before, YSD. I love YSD. I love all the facts he gives you. He's like, you've rescued this many Waddle Dees. Here's how many have been saved by the world. And that was pretty cool there. I like that. And the records. Somebody beat the first one with Toy Hammer plus Star in under 40 seconds. I have no clue how, but they have. And someone's beat Coliseum Z in under three or four minutes. How? That's amazing. But... I went in there, and you'll see in the LP, I went in there. I do it twice, because I try to beat it, and I don't beat it, and then, so spoiling that. But the second time, I bring in Morphonite's sword, and I just dominate the hell out of that arena. Because Morphonite's sword's so good, especially because I upgraded it to plus star. So good. And that arena is fun. The illusionary versions of everyone were more challenging, and that made them more fun. Gorimundo was more challenging, and that was a fun fight. Silly Dillo, more challenging. That was fun, like he's just doing the spins, and he's doing a lot more of his rolls and everything. Flower line was really cool when you have four of them coming at you. That was pretty cool there. King Dedede throwing the large Gordos at you? Are you kidding me? That was awesome. And then when you fight the boar version, he's bringing you into the lava a lot more. He's getting more crazy. There's a lot more fire. That was awesome. And of course, Tropic Woods with the mazes and the Gordos in the maze. That was all very clever and interesting. I liked all that a lot. And then you fight Morphonite again, and that was awesome. And you fight Leongar, possess Leongar again, and that was awesome. You fight Illusionary Meta Knight. That was a cool fight. That was a really cool fight. That was very hype. Illusionary Meta Knight and Morphonite, such hype fights. And then the last fight. Double checking, I get the name of it correctly. Oh, by the way, Morphonite being called the Fluttering Dream Eater. That's so cool. Ultimate Life Form. Vecto Ephilis. That was a really cool fight. It's just throwing Kamehameha's at you. It's doing these big hype attacks. It's doing delayed attacks. It's doing teleport attacks. So many cool moments. In that fight! And then, Species Born of Chaos, Chaos of Phyllis. That ball of energy, because we always gotta fight a bottle of something at some point. Oh my god, that fight. 
The first time I fought it, the second time I fought it, it wrecked me. The third time I fought it, third time to charm, I wrecked it back, and that was really fun. And then, of course, you beat Chaos of Phyllis, you beat it into submission, and it gives up and rejoins Elphalin. And it now Elphalin's just whole now with all the power it's got, but it's good. And like, wow, we beat a soul into submission. That's kind of amazing. That is so different. I really enjoyed this game. And then I finished off all the figurines and all the music and everything. The music was so good. Oh my god, the music is so good. And the team on it, like Junish Kawa didn't do that many songs here. I was surprised by that. So I'm hoping he's working on another project. Hirokazu Ando was doing so many really good songs here. Of course, the main guy was Yuda Ogasawara. Oh my god, him being the main man here. He did the theme song, did all these other songs. He did an amazing job. And then the new person, Yuki Shimaoka, they did some amazing work here too. The composers did amazing. And if you don't know who did what songs, if you go to the sound test, the Deedle Dees, which is, they're so cute, and go to them, whatever music, color of the notes they're playing, that is who's doing what. Pink is Ishikawa. Blue is Ando. Yellow is Shimoka. And green is Okasawara. And... That was pretty cool to see who did what. Ishikawa did more of like the more creepier ones. He did like the, the scary areas. So I really hope he's doing other things. And I was really impressed with Shimoka and Okasawara. Very impressed with them because Ando's been around for 30 years too. He's done a lot of good stuff. But I was definitely impressed with those two. Okasawara's first game was Star Allies. And they got to do some of the tracks there. Here they got to just do a lot of the tracks. And Shimaoka is from Kirby Fighters 2. They did that first. They come over and they did amazing here. The future is looking very bright when it comes to composers, because Junishikawa eventually is going to retire, and so is Ando. Hirokazu Ando is just as old as Junishikawa. They've been around just as long. They didn't work on as many of the Kirby games. They did a lot of HAL games. But now all HAL games are Kirby, of course, and now they work together. But in the first years, it was just Junishikawa, and then some other people, and then eventually Ando comes in. And it was awesome. Soundtrack is so good. I love it so much. Is it my favorite? Maybe. If it's not my number one, it's top three again. Because, of course, Superstar is the number one soundtrack for me. Superstar is so good. Star Allies probably... If once I go back and listen to Star Allies, I might beat a bunch of these. Because Star Allies, of course, is such a love letter. It's got so much of all the old songs in there, remixed and everything. So Star Allies might be the number one. Gonna have to double check that eventually. So yeah, 100% the game. Very fun. Loved it a lot. And then getting all the figurines. I like that eventually you get rewarded with a Waddle D who will trade you for the figures you don't have. I like that that happens eventually, because I was worried about that. Because it is a gotcha machine, after all. Let's go over some things here. So, any Waddle I did not talk about. I want to talk about Waddle Town. Let's see. Waddle Cafe manager, cafe staff, commentator, Waddle I love commentator Waddle So cute. I like him a lot. Delivery Waddle Extra cute as well. Uh, game shop Waddle is cute. Item shop Waddle is cute. Minion Waddle Dee. Oh, yeah, Minion Waddle Dee. is like, King Diddy's so awesome. <laughs> I love that he's like that. Usher Waddle Dee, Trader Waddle Dee, Usher Waddle Dee. I love that the name of the song when you go into the cinema is Please Don't Suck the Other Guests. Please don't don't vacuum the other guests. I love that. I love that's the name of the song. <laughs> that's awesome. There's a lot of fun names to the soundtrack also. That's what I like as well. What is there to talk about? Let's talk about Mouthful Mode. Archmouth. It was cool doing the flying stages. Big Rig Mouth. That is 18-wheeler. That was such an awesome ending. Car Mouth. Of course, Carby. Very fun. Coaster Mouth. That was fun. I like, I like the coaster in the uh, Forgo area. That was also very fun. Bone Mouth is hilarious. Dome Mouth is hilarious. Bulb Mouth is cute, but it's also, geez, that's got to burn. Pie Mouth was fun. Ring Mouth was cool. Scissor Lift Mouth is such a funny idea. Stair Mouth is also a fun idea. Storage Mouth. Oh my god, that moment when you are, when you break down an entire wall with Storage Mouth was hilarious. 
Benny mouth is fun and water balloon mouth. Oh, Lord, he coming was very fun. That was a funny idea there. So the powers. Bomb. Okay, so I think the weakest power has got to be bomb or ice. It's unfortunate. I'll rank these in the future for sure. But off the top of my head, I think the weakest one was either bomb or ice. Bomb's cool and all. Like chain bomb's really cool idea, but homing bomb wasn't that great. While as ice, ice, frosty ice, and blizzard ice, they weren't. Blizzard ice didn't feel like that great an improvement over frosty ice because frosty ice made snowmen. But the big thing about it was you froze bosses and enemies, and that was pretty useful. After that, off the top of my head, I don't know how I'd rank it, but Crash and Time Crash were really cool, and I'm surprised there wasn't a third one, which would be like Singing Crash. Because Mike Kirby is amazing, but they just cut it out, which surprised me. Time Crash was really, really cool. I love that idea. If you stop time, it just keeps going as you kill enemies. That was a cool idea. Ru ruined so many bosses with that. Cutter. Chakram Cutter and Buzzsaw Cutter. I enjoyed those powers a lot. I really like that. Drill, Pencil Drill, and Twin Drill. Cool idea, not my favorite though, but it was a cool idea. It's really weird they cut they they didn't bring back Animal Kirby. They made it drill instead. Fire, volcano fire, and dragon fire. Very cool powers, very broken powers. They didn't do a lot, but they were fun powers. Hammer, toy hammer, wild hammer, mast hammer. Mast hammer is way too fun. Doing all the fire attacks and everything, very fun power. Toy hammer is very cute. Wild hammer is meh, and hammer's great. Needle, clutter needle, and crystal needle. Clutter Needle I love. I love Clutter Needle so much because, of course, it's a homage to Kirby 64. There's so many references to Kirby 64. And I love that this was here because it's just such a fun one. And then, of course, Crystal Needle was so strong. Oh my god, that was a strong ability, especially if you grabbed a bunch of stuff. Ranger, Noble Ranger, Space Ranger. No, Space Ranger is so cute. Noble Ranger is also very cute. I owned so much with Space Ranger. It was great. Sleep and Deep Sleep. Sleep is so cute. And then Deep Sleep was so useful and also very cute. I loved it. Love how Sleepy Kirby always looked. Tornado, Floor Tornado, Storm Tornado. Very cool power. Wasn't as useful as it could be. It was very cool. And lastly is Sword. So, Sword. Gigant Sword. Meta Knight Sword. So high for Meta Knight Sword. And then Morpho Knight Sword. Morpho Knight Sword was so broken. Oh my god, it was so fun doing that. I enjoyed being broken with Morpho Knight Sword. It was just way too fun. Anything else I have not talked about, let me check. I think I have now talked about everything pretty much. So last thing to mention is... The Howl Rooms, there's three Howl Rooms. It's silly how you get to them. They were pretty cool rooms, and I loved the, the remixes that were in those rooms. That was pretty great. There's a lot of secrets and references we don't all know yet, and I'm not going to know by the review, but in a couple of years, we'll know all of them, and I can't wait to do that episode on Curry and Forgotten Land in the future. That's going to be awesome in a couple of years, because we're in a superstar. It's going to be a couple of years before we get through all the games to get to this point, and I can't wait to see what other games we deal with in the future. So... Oh, Treasure Road. Let's talk about Treasure Road. Those were a fun idea. Had to redo them a couple times, so them were pretty nuts. I enjoyed Treasure Road. Here's the thing. Treasure Road makes me think we could have a Kirby's Dream Course in 3D. That looked pretty good. I hope we get that, because I think the potential is there. Last lingering thoughts. Um, It was just awesome. It's definitely my top three. I do not know if it beats Superstar, because Superstar is my number one. I don't know if it beats it. I just don't. I have to find out in the future, because this is recently. This is right now. I enjoyed this game a lot. And I've played Superstar so many times in my life, so... Uh, we'll see. We'll, we'll see. But for now, top three. Is number two, number three? I don't know. There's a lot of good games. I loved it a lot, and I can't wait to see what spin-offs we get. Will they be in 3D? Will they be in 2D again? Who knows? I expect the next mainline game to be in 3D again, and I'm hoping they expand on and make this idea even better. Not like a Forgotten Land 2, but just... A lot of the ideas here, I hope they go forward with those. And I'll talk more in depth on everything in the review. Oh my god, this went 40 minutes. Oh my god. I just really enjoyed the game. I, of course I'm gushing about it. It was so dang fun. I loved it 
so much. I am glad I got to play it. I am so grateful this game exists. And I hope we get a 30th anniversary soon. I so I hope it has a lot of the old games in it too. Really looking forward to seeing what they do for the 30th anniversary. Because there's got to be a collection. We've got one for the 20th and 25th. Come on now. And I'm talking so fast. That is everything Kirby and Forgotten Land. 100%ing the game. Please tell me what your favorite moments were. Favorite moments, favorite power, all that stuff. I want to hear it. I want to know. Because I'm such a big fan of Kirby. I want to know what everyone else loved about it too. And you can save the criticisms for when I do the review. Because I'm sure you'll agree with me on things. Maybe disagree, but that's coming up eventually. It'll come out probably late April or early May. That's when I project I'll do the review. And yeah, that is it. This was the podcast. You can find this podcast anywhere podcasts are offered except Spotify. And of course, on YouTube at Kirby Dreamcast. Just search Kirby Dreamcast. You should find it eventually. Uh, the algorithm has been pretty kind to us lately. We're the only Kirby podcast. We're the only one. All the other Kirby podcasts are for the comic book creator. And for a priest named Kirby. There's a priest named Kirby, by the way. That's it. I had fun. Hope you had fun watching or listening. And that's what it's all about, isn't it? Having fun. Thanks for coming by and see you next time.